Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I was just thinking we've been on the road a lot this week. Uh, where was I on Monday? Was I in the studio on Monday? I don't yes. Know. Was I? Yes. All right. Top golf on Tuesday. Wednesday intuition ale for a little skateboarding. Yesterday, of course, Spring Sports Brewery, as we always do on Thursday. And now back here at Extreme Wings, Roosevelt Boulevard, near NAS Jacks for a Friday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Usually every other week here at Extreme Wings, we'll be here this week and next week because of the Thanksgiving holiday we'll have off on that Friday. So um, this week, next week, come on out, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m., Extreme Wings Sports Grill. Near NAS Jacks Roosevelt Boulevard, of course, Extreme Wings with uh, several locations in town. Tell you more about that uh, as we go along. Brett Martineau here, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz back in the Action Sports Jack Studios. And it's uh, Friday in Jacksonville. Jaguars looking for two in a row, three out of four. Maybe we could call this getting on a roll if the Jags could beat the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, a lot to get to before Sunday at 1 o'clock in Indianapolis. You can watch that game on CBS 47. Austin, by the way, getting closer and closer to fight time now. Inside 10 days, Austin Lane, how are we feeling? Feeling great, man. Ready to roll. That's it? Like, that's the report? Like, that's what we got? I mean, what we're else do I fired say, up for man? Sunday training, in Houston, the 21st. I mean, training camp's going good, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say. It, I was kind of hoping for a little bit. Time. I was kind of hoping for a little bit better on the mic skills there. Yeah, I was like, hoping you were like, going to McGregor it. Oh, you know, no, like man. he's going down. Like, I mean, this. I mean, what do we do? I mean, this is like, yeah, we're good. We'll see what happens. Like, hey, I've never tra- I've never been in better shape in my life. Like, I mean, I'm doing stuff that I've never done before. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm watching more tape than I've ever watched before. A little well, bit I mean, of that would, it, have, would have made me feel a little bit better going into next Sunday. Oh, no, for sure, man. But it's all good. I'm going to let my actions do the talking. But uh, if you want to know what's really happening with me right now, I had my eye exam because I had to make sure my eyes are good for the fight. So they dilated my pupils. So I can't see anything right now. I'll be honest really? with you. So I, I Did can't you really... drive here? Well, yeah. Well, that's yeah. terrifying. Well, no, I mean, like, I, I got it done, like, probably an hour and a half ago. So, like, I mean, I can see, like, far away distances, but, like, close up right now, like, I can't read my text on my cell phone, really. I mean, if I really squint, I can try. So that's what I'm going through right now, Brent. So that's your fight camp update. That's, the, that's more like it. That's what I want. I mean, the dilation of eyes. Is dilation even a word? I have no idea. But I just made it up, and it sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, so do you, is this a normal practice before 10 days before a fight? Like, do you get your oh, eyes yeah. checked? Yeah, I mean, so every fight you have to get your eyes checked. In some states, um, it's good for six months. In some states, it's good for 12 months. In Florida, it's good for 12 months. Unfortunately, Texas is only good for six months. So I had to get it redone again, even though I had it done earlier uh, this year. Really? So are, are, there, are there anything, is there anything else? I mean, obviously, I mean, do you have to get like a physical before the fight or do you just declare yourself oh, no, kind of yeah. ready? Yeah, I had to get a physical. I had to get blood work done. So great news on, on that front. I don't have hepatitis B or C, so that's good. It's, it's good. It's fantastic. Good. Um, good. Yep. And then physical came back, you know, strong to quite strong. So yeah, we're all ready to roll. Kind of so doing like the last minute, of, you know, the last minute things before this fight can actually happen. So you do the physical stuff, like, and all the blood work stuff before every fight? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with the eye exam, where it's good for six months in that okay. time frame. Uh, but some, you know, some states require 12 months, some states require six months. So, yeah, I mean, if I was fighting in Florida, 
I don't have to do any of this stuff, but since I'm fighting in Texas, I had to do it because it's only six months. I got you. Well, we've been part of the uh, Austin Lane MMA, MMA team for uh, going on almost three years now, and so I didn't know some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Now you uh, know. There are some things I'm not privy to. We have such a big team here surrounding like, Austin Lane MMA team. So. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I did, like, a monologue for 15 minutes one, like, after, well, I, this was, was, like, right before one fight, and you were gone, but I had the eye exam done as well. I couldn't see anything. I was, like, yelling at Kuz the whole time because <laughs> I had no idea what we were talking about. Thankfully, you're here, so I can, you can just kind of guide us through this a little bit. Uh, yeah, we'll guide us through, and, but, yeah. and thankfully, Kuz isn't here anymore. I mean, no, for sure. I mean, I mean it's I'm, a plus in, in all aspects. Well, I mean, unfortunately, you yell at Casey, you don't know what the heck he's going to do. He might come through that window, it's that partition. Card. It's a wild you know? card, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> it might be a fight before the fight. You, you better believe it. I appreciate it, though. Uh, the prelims, so actually, if you yeah, will. The prelims. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, get, uh, since we're talking about the fight, the fight's coming up November 21st. That's next Sunday yeah. in uh, Houston. And it's a title fight, and it's a big fight. It's on UFC Fight Pass. So it's a big opportunity uh, for Austin Lane, uh, for sure. And uh, so I think this is, is it safe to say this is your biggest fight? Since the Hardy fight? <sighs> Biggest fight since the Hardy fight? Um, yeah, it, it's definitely safe to say that. Um, it's probably one of the biggest fights of my life compared to when I had to fight um, the urge to go after Taco Bell for discontinuing the Mexican pizza. <laughs> so I, I, I had to fight my inner demons on that one. And you know what they say, Brent, sometimes those internal battles are even harder than the external battles. <laughs> But as far as external battles are concerned and external fights, yes, this is one of the biggest ones in my life. So, <laughs> what's this guy's name again? Juan Adams. Okay, so on the, on the list of big fights, in any order is Juan Adams, Greg yeah. Hardy, and Mexican pizza and then fighting, Taco Bell. And then fighting my <laughs> internal demons over the Mexican pizza at Taco Bell. Very good. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. Uh, I think we're working on some things where maybe we can have a little gathering. The Jags play at home, and then you're going to fight around 8 o'clock. It could work out perfect. Yes. So we're working on some. I don't have the details yet. Uh, and I'll, It's tricky, you know. We've done this in the past with some other places, but even a place like Extreme Wings where we could all gather and watch, you can't always do that at places. Yeah. Like it's not. There's, like, rules about what you, they can to, carry and yeah, what they can't. Yeah, you, you have to. Uh, I think you have to pay over a pretty big sum of money um, to to air stuff on UFC Fight Pass for whatever reason. Even if it's like you know, it's not like a UFC fight, but it's on the Fight Pass. They're usually pretty uh, stringent about that. Yeah, I, I don't honestly. I've done this before. Like we've talked about it before, and I forget exactly what goes in it. But it's weird. Like uh, there's some odd stuff. You'd think you'd be able to just like, all right, let's put it on uh, that TV right near the window. You yeah, know? yeah, and, yeah. And you, you can't do that. Like you really can't. So well, I mean, uh, you could. Just, well, you just could. don't say anything. You know? Well, yeah, true. Well, we plan just, on saying something. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, just you know, make sure you <laughs> lock all the doors in case the FBI comes and knocks. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, yeah, I think. Uh, uh, what's his name's watching? Dana White. Dana White's always <laughs> watching. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, especially our show. He probably is watching. Yeah. Um, Fr friend of the show, Dana White. Friend of the show. So, uh, so anyway, hey, we'll talk more about it next week. But the taper begins. Taper uh, if it begins. hasn't already. Yeah, so the, the taper begins. At, well, truth be told, actually, I'm going to have my last hard day tomorrow. Um, it's going to be kind of like the fight simulation day because you know so uh, tomorrow's saturday um i fight that next sunday so it's gonna give me a good eight days of just kind of rest and recovery which is what you want so tomorrow is really like my last day and then i get the rest of the time to kind of just chill and eat carbs so i'm looking forward to that yeah that is nice uh do you already have like your shorts and and your your entry music and everything oh, yeah. else picked out ready oh to go? yeah yeah yep yep we're already from those standpoints 
Okay, so I missed another opportunity to put my face on the like your left butt cheek of yep, the shorts. Yep, you you missed the endorsement possibilities. You missed the opportunity to recommend Garth Brooks from Entrance Song. Sorry, it's not going to happen <laughs> this time either. I was. I'm more concerned about putting Going my face Baton on your Rouge shorts or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Wait, do people really pay to have sponsorships on your shorts? Yeah, yeah. They, so, yeah, they, they so pay this you. Yeah, for sure. So this promotion's different though because. I don't know, once again, if it's like the UFC fight pass thing, but, like, you, you couldn't really have a lot of sponsors on your shorts. But, um, yeah, Casey, there's, like, a fight banner that you can have, and there's also, you can put someone in your shorts as well. So Yeah, that's where oh. you can make some money. Casey. You can make some like, money, you, yeah. yeah. Well, that's why they call you the cheater, right? And that counts as spots or no? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the cheater counts as spots right there. Yes, yep. sir. Absolutely. That, that would. Yeah. Uh, that would count as spots. By the way, like, I think it would be kind of awesome to have just some, like, Garth Brooks call it Baton Rouge or... Like just yeah, or chicken fried or you, something you, coming you, out. You say that just, you know. just as something that's like so bizarre. Like you're, it might freak out your opponent. Be like, that what is the a good hell point. is that? Yeah. Like that's an intimidation thing. Like, hey, I don't need Eye of the Tiger to come out here. No, I, I mean I hear you, but then it would also freak myself out. You know. Well, you gotta so, be careful of that. Well, yeah, because yeah. I mean, remember when I fought in Dallas, or yeah, when I fought in Dallas, I had my song ready to go, and for whatever reason, they. They put me on Old Town Road, and I was not about that. And if you watch the that paper, well, it's not a pay per view. If you watch that stream back in the UFC Fight Pass, you see me turn to my coach, go, "What the bleep is this? This is not what yeah. we played." And then I'm all distracted, and yeah, I was shook. I, I was shook a little bit. Yeah. So, um, sorry, no Garth Brooks, no Zach Brown band, but I, there is a fighter in Jacksonville. Uh, I think he's still an amateur. He always came out to Katy Perry fireworks, which was always <laughs> kind of funny. I mean, dude's a dude's a straight up killer. I mean, he's very talented. I think he's undefeated, like four and zero or whatever. But I uh, came out to <laughs> Katy Perry fireworks every single time. And so then he did would a little sing, bit. Of that. Would sing with the song as well. Yeah, some guys are you know they're pretty cuckoo where they actually do that. Brandon, That's I think awesome. you're onto something because if he if Austin comes out to Carly Rae Jepsen, call me maybe the other dude is going to be <laughs> shook. I don't know how Austin's going to feel, but that guy's going to be like, "What is hey. happening?" And next thing you know, he's out. out I'm, I'm going to be up, I'm going to be honest with you. Carly Rae Jepsen, call me maybe Re Rebecca Black Friday, and let's go ahead and go with Icona Pop. I don't care. Top three bangers maybe of all time in terms of pop music. <laughs> Bangers like you wouldn't believe. So then maybe I'm onto something. No, you're onto something. Because that I would mean, be the segue of segues in the post fight. Like, hey, Dana, call yeah. me maybe. You uh, know? I think when because I hosted call a. Maybe. Th <laughs> we're, we're definitely going off the rails right now. But I think it was 2011 or 2010 when I first got to Jacksonville. And it was New Year's Eve and we didn't have a game the next day. So, you know, <clears throat> Jack's Beach Bars. And I, I paid the DJ like 20 bucks to play Carly Rae Jepsen, call me maybe three times in a row. <laughs> it's a good song. I don't care what people good, say. It's a good song, man. That's a good 20 bucks. Damn, <laughs> 20 bucks well spent. Uh, that's awesome. That'd be so good. The thing about it is if you're going to do that, then you got to win because then the guy like that you, you, you beat too, he's like, that guy came in with that music and beat me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that, that's a dang good point. Um, maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll come out to Circle of Life, you know, from The Lion King because I can kind of preface, you know, you going through a table eventually. It's a, Eventually. Speaking of, yeah. speaking of full circle, yeah. you're right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that would be a good way to do it. All yeah. right. Uh, more on the fight next week because Austin will only join us for a couple of days next week and uh, as he gets ready and gets over there to Houston and settled in and all the rest. So uh, we, we want to make sure he's focused for the big fight coming up on the uh, 21st. All right. Hopefully the Jags will be focused uh, for this football game against the Colts. Uh, the injury report just came out. 
and James Robinson questionable. If you listen to Urban Meyer this morning, he said he would be questionable. I think there's a lot of confidence from the staff that James Robinson can go. Uh, it feels like when James Robinson talks about it, there's less confidence from him. Like, he yeah. wants to make sure that he can do the things, you know, he's used to doing. And, uh, like, I get that. I get that. Like, listen, a lot of guys play hurt, and, it, and listen, a running back always plays hurt. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But, you know, your feet are pretty important at the running back position. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I haven't seen too many heel injuries, honestly. Like, I don't remember talking about a lot of heel injuries mm -hmm. over the year, uh, over the years. But I think... I, I could kind of envision that being a tough deal uh, for a running back. And he, he didn't feel great, you know, in the pregame warm-up Sunday. He didn't feel like he could give it a go uh, as much as he thought he might be able to. So we hope that he gets a good report today. He had, like, I think uh, uh, Urban said 12 snaps or yesterday. Expects him to get even more today and be ready to go. But he thought today's practice is a big indicator of if he'll play or not. And then Sunday morning, maybe he has to work out before the game. But I would almost think that if he has to work out before the game Sunday, it's probably a bad sign if he can play. Uh, because I think that would mean, like, he's not feeling 100%. He's going to wake up and see if he can go. And if he's going to work out before the game, he might not think he's ready. And, and they might not think he's ready. And there's still eight games to go in the season, so the smart play might not be to play him. Well, and even if that's the case and Sunday morning is going to be the indicator, one would think that even if he does play, it's going to be on a pitch count. Do we have the diagnosis of the It's a heel bruise? It's just a or heel bruise. Well, heel I say just. You uh, know I mean, I mean yeah, it's just, yeah, I got you. I mean, let's it, be honest. Anytime you hear the word bruise, it's like, oh, you're fine. But it's a heel well, bruise. It, it feels that way in football, right? No, for I mean, sure. But, for but sure. we also, like, guys miss six weeks because of turf toe. No, so. this is true. This is no. I'm, I'm not taking away anything from James Robinson <laughs> or questioning James Robinson's toughness. Uh, you know, uh, I think Sunday... Yeah, it, it wouldn't be the best sign if he has to work that out Sunday to see where he stands. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I would assume that a heel bruise in terms of, you know, it's, it's not like a, a hamstring injury where you can probably re-aggravate it or, or, or make it worse. Um, I think if he was to play and was on a pitch count, I mean, you know, once it's bruised, it's bruised. Now, you can irritate it and you can put more pressure on it, but I don't think you're going to um, exemplify the injury if you go out there with a heel bruise. So... Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be the trainer's discretion, probably up to James Robinson as well. But um, even if he's on a pitch count, I think just having his presence on that on that field is going to make a, a world of difference for the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Yeah, the good news for the Jags, uh, Miles Jack, good to go. Cam Robinson, good to go. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, good to go. So, uh, Miles Jack, who missed the last couple of days of practice, uh, we, we had mentioned that during the show yesterday, but... He, he was ready to roll all week. He just kind of held him out Wednesday and Thursday, and uh, he's good to go. So I like that because I told you yesterday, I think just from a communication standpoint, they did a good job of it uh, yesterday, uh, last week. Can they do that again? You know, last night on Jaguars All Access, uh, we, had, we were talking about the defense, and the Jags substituted less last week than they had in previous weeks. Mm -hmm. Does the style of offense dictate that like would they do the same this week and say hey you know what substitutions have given us a communication problem 12 men on the field those kind of things to say all right we're going to substitute less we're going to go on a smaller rotation than we normally do now that doesn't mean you still don't want eight defensive linemen to play but they might not be hustling on and off the field the way they did or was that just buffalo and the packages they were running that allowed that to happen yeah so 
you know, when it comes to substitutions and you have different packages um, on your defense, usually, you know, those are geared toward, obviously, if it's going to be a run or a pass. I think last week with the Buffalo Bills, you know, it was geared more towards the pass. So you you had an opportunity to use more of your blitz packages, an opportunity more uh, of your sub packages, if you will, um, and to try to stop Josh Allen and that pass game. With Indianapolis, it's a little different because you have to rely more now on your big packages as well as your sub packages because Indianapolis has a nice mix of run and pass. So... I think you're going to see a little more substitution, especially, you know, with those front, what do you call them, front four or, or, or two. I mean, the defensive tackles for sure, but the, the edge rushers as well, just because, you know, you got to match them physically. You're, you're going to have to match them in the trenches and then gradually work to the, to the sub package game. So, yeah, I expect to see a lot more substitutions this week. So you will see more. Okay, well, I think keep so. an eye yeah. on that because, again, I think that I think it went together. You know, like the fact that they played better because they weren't in and out so much. They've had communication issues. And, and for a team who's had communication issues, a lot of guys were in and out. Maybe I think sometimes the play is getting in a little bit later. Uh, the offenses try to dictate that anyway and make it more difficult on defenses. Uh, there are a lot of new parts to this defense that can be complex at times. And so to me, it just from a logic standpoint says, oh, wait a minute. They, they substituted a little bit less last week. Oh, they played better. They had less of those lineup issues. Their communication was better. Well, what happens now if they do sub out more and they're forced to do that a little bit more? Can they still communicate, get on the same page? I guess we'll see that, and uh, it'll be something to watch. We know the Jaguars are going to have to stop the run in Jonathan Taylor. It mm -hmm. does not matter that the Jags emphasize the run and are weaker against the pass, especially coming off last week. Indianapolis will try to run the football, no doubt. That's their strength. That's what they try to do. They work everything off the run game, a lot like the Jags on the offensive side, and they will try to do that. So I don't think there are many secrets about what the Indianapolis is going to do. Like, I don't think this is a game plan that's like, oh, watch out now. They might mix it up. I think we know what Indy's going to do. It's just a matter of, hey, Jaguars, can you stop it? Right, Austin? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think from Indianapolis's perspective, I mean, they have the ability, too, where they're going to maybe sit back and watch a little bit and see what the Jaguars do on defense. Because if you do blitz like you did against Buffalo, I think Indianapolis, you know, they have the players and they have the skill set where they can say, okay, let's say they... You know, we, we saw them predominantly blitz in the, in the A's and B gaps because they didn't want Josh Allen to step up. Well, if, if they do that this game, you know, let's get some more halfback tosses. Let's get some wheel routes going. Let's get Naeem Hines involved in the pass game and things like that. And that's going to neutralize the blitz, maybe some screen uh, passes as well. So, yeah, I think Indianapolis is going to have the, the plan to pound the rock, obviously get Jonathan Taylor started early. But then it's going to be about reaction, too, to see what the Jaguars do in terms of are they going to play their base defense of stopping the run or will it be more tailored to what you saw last week against the Buffalo Bills where they're going to start you know, running some more blitzes a la kind of like the Baltimore Ravens did last night. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that game because I want to come back. Is any team in the AFC good or not? No? Yeah, Probably I not. I don't know or maybe there's not as many bad teams as we thought in the first month of the year. You know, could that be the thing? I mean, sometimes it's not always. I, I don't think there's a great team in the AFC at least halfway through the year. Uh, the Bills look very good. They can be very good. But that doesn't make them great. Uh, the other teams have been way more consistent. But you know what? Don't be surprised if the Super Bowl champ comes out of the AFC because you don't need to be 7-1 and one to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's not the way it works. You need to find – like, listen, Cleveland's playing through a lot of injuries. Could Cleveland eventually get hot? Yeah, they could. 
you know, Baltimore was a little bit of a, mar- you know, smoke and mirrors kind of play with their record because they easily could have lost a few other games, like easily. And so uh, they couldn't pull it off last night. But I want to talk about a different thing, uh, offense-defense right now in the NFL. Uh, and it goes back to a conversation we had a little bit last year. I want to get to that part. Uh, by the way, from an injury standpoint with the Colts, uh, Xavier Rhodes is out of this game with a calf injury. The Forrest Buckner listed as questionable with a back injury. So keep an eye on the defense of the Colts. Jags offense really has to get going. James Robinson, no James Robinson, doesn't matter. Trevor Lawrence really has to get going a little bit, in my opinion, in this game. We talked more Jags and Colts. We talked last night's game and how it, what's going on in the NFL right now from a defensive perspective uh, caught my attention. We'll be back. We're live at Extreme Wing Sports Grill. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. game last night this, you know I've always heard this about the NFL now that I live in it you know they're all professional athletes and anybody any day any week and the Dolphins played you know I fell asleep in the second half but when they played fantastic the defense was zero coverage the whole night good good defense that is Urban Meyer talking about uh, you know just the, the state of the NFL it's it's interesting to me I, I guess everybody was right about Meyer and college coaches adjusting to the NFL. I think Urban's a little more transparent about the challenges of it. Like, I, and maybe it's just because we cover him. Like, I don't remember Cliff Kingsbury talking this much about the transition from college to the NFL. But he's not afraid to say it. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm almost like, I don't know if he should say it. Hmm. <laughs> but, hey, you know what? Urban's been very honest, and he doesn't care what everybody else says about it, I don't think. I don't, I don't think he's paying attention to that stuff. Um, and the bottom line is, I guess he is learning about the NFL. Uh, and uh, he's got some NFL guys around him. That's why he built the staff this way. Uh, positives and negatives to all of that. Uh, but, you know, right now I feel like at least they're in some kind of rhythm of, all right, we're not talking about Urban Meyer and how long is he going to be here and if he can make it and all this stuff right now, at least coming off a win and halfway through the season, it feels like they're, like, settling into this thing. I didn't think it would take eight games from a college to NFL jump, but I guess we do have to remember Urban was out of even the college game for a bit. So this acclimation period, which seemed like was going really smooth in the uh, off-season part of things, uh, when you didn't have wins and losses in actual games, mm-hmm. it has certainly been a little bit more bumpy on that acclimation and transition now that we do have games, Austin. No, for sure. Um, you know, I, I don't know, with Urban Meyer, you know, and obviously he's giving you a peel behind the curtain, he's being truthful. The acclimation period, it takes a little bit. I'm not sure if every college coach would feel that same way that's now come to the pros. Um, I don't know. You know, that's on Urban Meyer. But I do think that when you surrounded yourself with a bunch of guys who have NFL experience, I mean, that should shorten the process out because you're, you're going to lean on those guys. And, you know, that 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 locker room, that, you know, that stadium there that has those coaches, it's mixed of some guys that Urban Meyer knows really well and some guys that are kind of unknown, but they're all guys that have, you know, a wealth of experience. So I I get it when, when you've been out of the game for a little bit, whether it's from college or just, you know, taking a break, you come to the NFL and you become a head coach. It could take a little while, but that's where you got to rely on the guys that you have in that building. Yeah, I, I guess... Where were you on this? Like, what I try to do is stay away from, 
I, I guess I try to stay away from all the easy answer negativity of, of certain storylines. And the easy answer negativity storyline around Urban Meyer, one, because he's got a big target on him. There's a lot of folks that don't love Urban Meyer. And it was like, well, he's going to go from college to the NFL. And it's like, all right, I understand that some people haven't done it, but this guy's like the third winningest coach of all time in college football. Uh, like, he's got to be a pretty good coach. And is it real? It's football at the end of the day. I know there are professionals, college, you don't have as many five stars. You've got a limited roster. You've got a salary cap. There are certain hurdles for sure. Uh, but I tried to play that way a little bit instead of the easy ones. You're never going to make it because college and the NFL are two different things. And and I guess what I'm trying to admit right now is, you know, Urban's even admitting there's probably a bigger gap than even he thought, even though he studied the league for the last handful of years. Um, I guess, did you notice that as much as a, a, from a player perspective, Austin, that the, the college game or the college athlete to the NFL, even though it's still football, is just a totally different experience. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely different, you know, especially with me coming from a smaller school. Um, you know, the first of all, the, the town is astronomically better. Um, you know, the, the speed is faster, all that stuff. I mean, any rookie um, is going to tell you that. But it's also, it's just, it's mastering the finite details are what you have to learn as a pro. Because in college, whether you're playing in the SEC where it means more or you're playing in the OVC where it just means, eh, it means a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, you you get by off your athleticism sometimes and your strength because, you know, generally if you're going to the NFL, then you have that advantage over every guy that you go against. But once you get to the league, you realize that that alone isn't going to make you a dominant football player. That's where those little details come in. Um, you know, and it's, it, it is a game of inches, the most cliche thing of all football, but it's definitely the truth. So uh, there definitely is a difference from a player's perspective, and, and then there definitely is a difference with, with the coach's perspective. But I also think that, you know, if Urban Meyer would have took the job, um, you know, it, w w with the Rams or, or a team with a, with a pretty loaded roster, you know, then maybe we're not having these conversations right now. But yeah, the, good point. But, but the fact of the matter is that Urban Meyer took the job with a team that went 1-15 last year. And when you have a team maybe on paper, personnel-wise, that maybe, um, you know, isn't competitive with, you know, the, 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 the upper tier of the NFL, well, then that's where you got to fall back on coaching more. And, and you got to try to get the best out of those guys and hope that you can win some games as a result of that. So that's got to be a factor as well where we have to remember, yeah, it's, it's going to be a transition, um, but look what he's trying to do. You know, look what he has to work with right now and, and, and just look at, you know, how far they've come so far. And, you know, you beat the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, you're, you're on a little bit of a, of, a, of a streak right now. We'll see how that keeps on going. But, like, at least it's progress, and that's what you want to see right now. Yeah, it, you know, I think just compared to Cliff Kingsbury's the latest one, and he's having success right now with a team that's really well built. But he wasn't having that kind of success early on, uh, you know, when he first started. I think the difference is there's just so much more attention on a guy like Urban. Because, let's be honest, I mean, you have to go Google Cliff Kingsbury to look up his record you know, where he was in the college game. I mean, you knew he was there, but you probably remember him more as a quarterback yeah. than you do as a coach in college football. And so I think there's just so much more attention and scrutiny on yeah. on what's going on here. And by the way, in fairness, uh, Urban also brought on some scrutiny from the jump, you know, from some of his hires. 
to to what happened, obviously, in the last month. Yeah, but at the same time, though, with Cliff Kingsbury, I, I think that people want to scoff the nose at him because he didn't really earn his opportunity to coach in the NFL. Like, at least with Urban Meyer, it made sense because you, you look at the resume from his college days and how, how much he was able to win. Cliff Kingsbury had Patrick Mahomes and, and, and could barely, you know, finish second or third in, in the Big 12. So, it, to me, you know, it, he's still under a microscope just because he essentially was granted an opportunity because whatever the way his attitude was or his philosophy was fit the in-trend at the time with a guy like Sean McVay. So, to me, Kingsbury has just as much pressure as Urban Meyer just because Kingsbury, did he quote-unquote earn his opportunity? Well, it doesn't really matter because he's doing pretty dang good right now. Yeah, he is. Uh, but I guess I don't remember as much noise early on when he wasn't doing this good. Well, uh, I mean, maybe there was. Yeah, I mean, I remember the noise of, you know, the, the whole practices and, you know, he's having breaks for cell phones. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember people were, were all over him about that. But I think now, like that, I had somebody say to me uh, in the last week, they're like, hey, you know, the NFL has just turned into, like, look at McVay, look at Kingsbury, look at, you need younger, young gun guys, you know, Suriani, those kind of guys to, to coach. I mean, the old guard of coach, like, that's not the way to go anymore. I don't know if I feel that's true with Urban. Like, I think that was true with Tom Coughlin running the show. Like, that was a good example of it. It, it Maybe gone wrong. But I don't know if I feel that way with Urban because – what, the, what you're trying to tell me with those young guns is they know how to relate to the player. And the young gun guys or, or the you know more relatable coaches, um, they, they take care of the player. Well, I don't think that's the problem in Jacksonville. I'm not sure there's a problem. I'm just saying, like, that's not a thing in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer, since he got here, has said, I'm going to take care of the player. Like, I think if there's one thing that the players appreciate about Urban Meyer is they're taking care of him, Right. I mean, that's what I, the sense I get. I mean, from, from bring, how much money are they saving the players this year versus last year? No, uh, yeah. You know, is the food better? Is the this better? Is the that better? You know what I mean? No, absolutely. But at the end of the day, we, we talk about young coaches versus older coaches. Like, yeah, the young coaches are in right now, but you're in as long as you're winning. Because remember, like, it was just last year that Zach Taylor, people wanted him out of Cincinnati. Sure. And now he's having some success. So it doesn't matter to me if you're an old coach or you're a young coach. Um, if, you know, if you're not doing your job and winning ball games, it doesn't really matter. You know, like Sean McVay came in and won games right away. Cliff Gingsbury took him a little bit, but now he's winning games. Matt LaFleur, you know, kind of got gifted Aaron Rodgers and everything. Um, but, but even, like, you know, the pedestal is big for him right now with Matt LaFleur. So if you're winning football games, then, yeah, it's all good. doesn't matter if you're young or old. But it doesn't matter if you're young or old and you're losing football games. People are going to question that decision. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, I wanted to get in some defense, but I'll save that for a moment because uh, this just in the last, like, half hour, uh, Tom Pelissero and, and others um, saying John Gruden suing the NFL. Did you see this? Yeah. Uh, and uh, let me get to the th- – there's some really volatile stuff here, so uh, <laughs> let me make sure I have it. Uh, John Gruden is suing the NFL and Roger Goodell not just the NFL, but Roger Goodell as well, in Nevada District Court, Mm -hmm. alleging they sought to destroy Gruden's career and reputation through a, quote, malicious and orchestrated campaign that led to his resignation last month. Uh, In part, uh, Gruden's lawsuit refers to it as a, quote, a Soviet-style character assassination. There was no warning and no process. Defendants held the emails for months until they were leaked to the national media in the middle of the Raiders' season to cause maximum damage to Gruden. What's it? What's fascinating about this is 
John Gruden's not going away quietly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's the NFL and Roger Goodell. That I, I can't say that. But it certainly feels like a lot of people thought when the Gruden stuff came out, and by the way, there's not too many people defending Gruden here, okay, for the emails that took place. But I think a lot of people also thought, Austin, that, yeah, I would agree with that statement, that emails were held out and this was an attack on Gruden to right in the season to, to inflict maximum damage. Now, who did it? We have no idea. But it certainly felt like somebody was doing it to Gruden in particular when all of that stuff was coming out over that weekend and then the days that followed that led up to his resignation and uh again that part because he was the one emailing i'm not saying anybody feels bad for gruden but it certainly presented itself like somebody was going after gruden uh, and i want to be perfectly clear i'm not saying the nfl and roger goodell did it but it certainly felt like somebody was yeah i mean it definitely seemed like a, a calculated attack now if you want to bring the soviets into this that's on you john gruden I, like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm all I'm, I'm all set you know i'm gonna i'm gonna keep that one to, to myself but by all means yeah. do what you gotta do um be safer to state claim to the nfl than to the yeah soviets. Man, I, don't, I don't know where that's coming from but yeah it, 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 i mean it listen it's not like gruden needs the money right i mean i'm, I'm sure financially he, he's well off um the way that everything transpired, though, and the way that it snowballed so quickly, and all of a sudden one thing comes out, and it's like, okay, well, you know, say your apologies, and all of a sudden, like, the next couple of days, another thing, like, yeah, it was, this was definitely a calculated attack. Um, l- like you said, we're not sure, like, who started this or, or where it came from, but, yeah, I'm sure somebody was out to get John Gruden, make an example of John Gruden, so... At the end of the day, he said what he said, and he shouldn't have said it, or he shouldn't have typed it up in an email like he did. So he's still guilty of that. But if you want to sue the NFL for saying that they try to pinpoint you and, and calculate of taking you out, I mean, that's your American right, man. Go get him. Yeah, and, and again, if I'm Gruden, I, I feel like, like I, I don't know if he's going after the right people. I don't know who to go after. Like I, They probably are more privy to this. But it certainly felt like a calculated attack on him. Uh, and in the timing of it and how it, I mean, these things were now, well, they were as far as a decade old. And I think the other part of this, Austin, is outside of like an Adam Schefter and exchange with, uh, uh, what's his name over there at Washington, there was, there really was nothing else made of all the emails. Yeah. Which is hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that nothing else uh, happened. So. Uh, this will be interesting to watch, I guess, is my point, to see somebody is really hard. You're not taking down the NFL. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, going to be interesting to see what they can gather on what went on and if they can find out who uh, was behind any of this stuff. Um, might take a long time to do and, and probably an unlikely. Uh, I mean, is this is even like court so, proceedings and stuff? Are everybody able to watch this on C-SPAN? Well, I doubt. I mean, oh, I don't man. know. Well, I, first of all, I doubt it will be to that degree. But, I mean, I think oh, I mean, I don't know. That. I, that. I don't know. I think when you file something like this, I don't know if this has, the, has a settlement written all over it at some point in time. Yeah. But like you said, I think this isn't about the money. No, not for at John all. Gruden. I think this is about reputation. And like, hey, all right, you're going to out me. You're going to come at me. And you're going to basically, you know, everything that that I've done or whatever is going to be out there, well, I'm coming after you, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and whoever coming after you is, I, I don't know if we know that. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
Uh, but some people did try to direct it at, you know, because of the things that were said in that email, that it was the NFL that might have outed them. Um, I'm not sure we'll ever, ever know that. We're live at Extreme Wing Sports Grill. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 rolls on. We'll talk a little defense a little bit later. Uh, we we'll talk a little bit more about that game last night as well. We all lost, so that didn't help. We've got picks coming up at 432. Uh, that's 430 as well, not 432. That'd be an exact time, and, and we're not that exact here on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. By no means are we there. I mean, we just got to keep improving. It's, we talked about it last week. It's a week-to-week -week league. And when you, what I mean by that, you, you're only as good as your last game, and you're never as good as you think you are, and you're never as bad as you think you are. So you just got to keep getting better every practice, every meeting, and, and every, every game. That is Joe Cullen, Jaguars defensive coordinator, after, uh, well, a week that they're trying to get back after it on the defensive side of things. I, I don't know what to expect. It's like... <laughs> is, are they going to follow that up, or was that just such a good game plan where everything worked? Like, it's really hard to figure out. The Jags have shown no signs of being consistent over the last couple of years. I mean, you really have to go back to early 2018 to find any consistency that you can rely on other than the running game. Like, the only thing the Jags have had been able to rely on in the last, really, three seasons, counting is the running game. And even that right now, they have a trouble relying on it because you don't know if, how healthy James Robinson is. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to say, hey, they played excellent. You'd like to buy into that. But come on, we're not. We're all smart enough. I mean, I'm president of Sunshine and Rainbows Club, but we're smart enough to know that that was one thing. Uh, now, can you, if you do that again, now I can go into the game next week and say against the 49ers and be like, hey, I think they can shut down Jimmy Garoppolo too. You know, yeah. give me it to me two weeks in a row. Uh, they've done it kind of two out of three weeks with a couple of big turnovers in the Miami. I wouldn't say three weeks. It really spreads over a month because of the bye. So the, the win over Miami. I just feel like they got to do it one more time, Austin, to, to say, all right, this is a little bit more who they are. And the other thing is, can they complement it with any semblance of offense, which has been pretty much anemic over the last couple of weeks. Well, that's the biggest thing because it doesn't matter how great your defense is. If you can't get complimentary football from your offense, it doesn't really matter because you always put them in bad positions. So going into this game, yeah, you want to see this defense uh, play a good brand of football once again and start to establish an identity. The, the identity of the entire year of this defense has been stop the run, stop the run. And guess what? They may, they may, they made it, uh, excuse me, they, they've been able to do that. But at the same time, you know, they've been super vulnerable in the past game. Now, against Buffalo, they show that they can handle that. Can that be the constant focus now? Can that be the consistent thing of saying, all right, obviously we're built to stop the run, but our younger guys in our secondary are coming along. Shaq Griffin is coming along as well as, you know, a guy who, who can travel with the one receiver. And then can they get any kind of help whatsoever from their offense to kind of give them a break a little bit and maybe, you know, put a team behind the eight ball and say, all right, let's put these guys in past situations now because – your opponent is playing from behind. We haven't seen that really this year uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars' opponents. Yeah, that's well, that's true. You know, um, that's a really good point. So uh, they played a little front-runner role the other day. I mean, they, they were able to hang on to that lead and cling on to that lead. I think if you go back, I think one of the most overlooked part of that parts of that win, and really both their wins this year, is that when they had a chance to clinch the game, they did it. That is unusual here in Jacksonville. 
Like, now listen, they had other chances to clinch the game too, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, that's part of the NFL. But my point is when they had a chance to win the game, fourth and one in London, they stopped Miami. Fourth and – or third and 20, they made two plays on a – uh, a, an out route or a sideline play and then the fourth and eight play and then kick the game-winning field goal. Like, they made plays to win yeah. when they were in position to win. The other day, like, you're like, okay, they stopped them once. Well, then the offense goes out and misfire on a couple plays. They can't get a third and two. They can't hit Marvin Jones. You're like, all right, well, how many times can the defense really stop them? Like, you're giving another chance to Buffalo. And they did it again. Like, yeah. they made the plays. They had a sack on third down. They stopped them on fourth down, and they were able to run out the clock. So, I just think – I don't think we can sleep on that aspect of it. I don't know if that's an Urban Meyer thing. I don't know if that's, like, the nature of this football team thing. They really have not had too many chances to win games. Overall, I'd say the only other time this could come into play where they didn't do it would be Cincinnati, where they just had the bad second half on defense and they couldn't get a stop, Austin. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that's a little bit of the overlooked part of this this win against Buffalo is that they easily could have blown that game despite all the good stuff. Like, we could still come out of that game and be like, hey, the defense played really well, um, and we'd be yelling at the offense all week instead. And and so I just like that part of it, that they made play. So I guess that's what I would hang my hat on a little bit, is that Jaguars have proven that, hey, game's tight at the end. They might make a play or two to win it. No, absolutely. But at the same time, it's unfair to expect that defense – to hold uh, a team to that many points, you sure. know, and to try to, I mean, you know, if you can score nine points and you win a game, I mean, that's that's very rare, I feel like, in the NFL. And, well, and, and, and And if you're that offense, I mean, you, you can only get away with that so many times, right? Maybe just one time. So uh, I get what you're saying, where it definitely put a feather in your cap knowing that your defense won you that ball game, um, even though whether the stats or just, you know, the guys they're going against said that, well, eventually Buffalo's going to find their stride here because they have the weapons and yada, yada. Well, it never happens. So um, it's a huge confidence boost for their defense, absolutely. But you cannot put your defense in those type situations week in and week out. Yeah, I agree. I, listen, the offense has to get cooking. Although we did see a defense last night, the Dolphins were able to do the same thing. Uh, hey, did you see my tweet earlier before the show? Did you see the change picture that we're not. cashing in? Okay. Okay, so in the break here, I said, Steph's going to cash in the change. You know how you like you got a bunch of change at the house, and and uh, you go bring it to, like, Publix or the bank or something? Sure. And you throw it in the machine and see how much you get? Sure. Now, I think you got to pay, like, 10%. At the at, if you go to like Publix or something, yeah. But it's better than rolling the coins, okay? Okay. Um, so I said, how much do you think we have? Whoever's the closest, I'll donate it to your charity of choice. Okay. Casey participated. Casey, what did you say? Great question. Gambling's not a charity, though, huh? No, <laughs> I, no. Unfortunately, it's not. Okay. Um, not gonna lie to you, Brent. Don't remember what I said, but <laughs> if I just keep saying enough words out loud on the radio, I'll be able to pull it up. Yep, here's the post. All right, very good. One forty-four point forty-four is what I said. Casey, uh, you're learning from me, man. You're learning from the best. That's that's it's a classic Austin Lane move. That's just keep talking until you find that's it. A good stall tactic yep. right there. I've had 120 responses on this thing All right, let me look in the here. last hour. So right. you guys look at it. I want your – well, Casey here to give you a guess. I want your guess, Austin. Yeah. And i got to find out from Steph if she cashed it in yet and see what it is. This will be very disappointing if Steph gets, like, her detoured and doesn't go do this now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of depending on her. So <laughs> yeah. let's go, There's Steph. There's a lot riding this. on Steph here to go you get this, this job done this afternoon. Hey. All right, we'll be back. Okay. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 69. We're live at Extreme Wing Sports Grill here on a Friday. we got that coming up. And one of the best runners in the country.
Tree lives right here. And he had another big day today. He joins us next on ESPN 6 Night.